it's here. Peloton's best offer of the season. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton tread. Choose from accessories like a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, yoga blocks, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. Hurry, Peloton's best offer of the season is here, but not for long. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Limited time offer cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. All right. You ready? Let's do the thing. All right. Hello and welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the premier flagship and international podcast of LRM Online. I'm your host, Brendan Jones. And on this week's episode, it's a classic stack. It's just me and Nick Dahl. Nick, what's going on? Not much. I'm excited to do the show. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm tired. It's Friday. I'm glad it's Friday. So maybe I'll get some rest. I don't know. I've got some work I got to do. But who cares? Nobody cares about any of that stuff. We've got things that we're going to be talking about. We've got uh, not a substantial amount of news, but some news. But in addition to that, we're going to be having conversations about X, which is A24's latest horror film. We're also going to be talking about The Lost City, starring Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. We're also going to be having a conversation about Halo, which both Nick Dahl and I had an opportunity to see. Break it in some news. X? No. Okay. Before we get to that, I do have a, <laughs> I saw the best tweet where someone put the X poster next to the men poster. Yeah. The trailer you shared with me. And they're like, A24 X-Men? is X-Men. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A24 is X-Men. Man, that, uh, that men trailer is wild. Like I wasn't going to talk about it today, but I loved it. The same guy playing all the men. I can't remember the actor's name is one of my favorite British actors. So trippy. Yeah, it's super Even weird. the younger guy. <laughs> it's like a um, teenage version of himself de-aged. Yeah, and I, I'm really curious uh, what it's, what it's going to be about. And for those of you who haven't seen the trailer, so this is a, an A24 forthcoming trailer. And it, the synopsis that we have of it right now is, in the aftermath of a personal tragedy, Harper retreats alone to her beautiful English countryside hoping to find a place to heal. However, someone or something from the surrounding woods appears to be stalking her. What begins as simmering dread soon becomes a fully formed nightmare inhabited by her darkest memories and fears. So one of the things that drew me to this, Tanya was the one that sent me this trailer Mm. and it is directed by Alex Garland, which was the Mm. thing that got me excited about the film. So if you are familiar with any of his work, like he's most known for, um, Ex Machina. Um, Ex Machina. With That'd be the big Oscar thing. Isaac dancing. Yeah, it's a great scene. So that's and primarily what he's known for. And so that, that was the thing that was like, yeah, I have to see this movie. A lot of people I know um, love Annihilation too. I just haven't seen it. I do not. Okay. And Good. so it's funny. I, I was, it, so. yeah, I was thinking about, I was trying to push that movie out of my head because when it comes to Alex Garland, that is the film that Pistol Pete and I talk about the most where I'm just like, people love this movie and we both think it's shit. So, um, but yeah, that's a movie that's coming out. I I think we should watch it for the podcast, especially given the quality of X, which I'm going to talk about later in the show. And just to close the loop on what you were saying. So Roy Kinner, Kinnear is the name of the actor. I love seeing Um, that guy pop up in British stuff. Yeah, and uh, Jesse Buckley is the person that plays Harper. So should be fun. Should be an interesting time. Roy Kinnear, if you need a face to the name, he is um, M's second in the newer James Bond movie. That's so why he's I the recognize guy. him. Yeah, so if you're like, oh, what do I know that guy from? Like, that's that's probably where you recognize his face from. That's so. probably the only thing I've seen him into when I say he's one of my favorite British actors. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I love I him know. in those scenes where he helps out yeah. and do a thing. <laughs> so we have only memorable assistant than like any there are always like number twos she's like the only mem. he's like the only memorable like pops up more than once i mean there, you know probably has more scenes yeah yeah I would imagine we'll see we'll see <laughs> i i'm looking forward to this but we're gonna do some actual actual news some yeah, yeah. stuff all right so we got a few marvel stories a bunch of them, a couple of them relate to Doctor Strange 2 and probably the biggest one that should not be a surprise to anyone 
is the fact that we're not going to see a season two of WandaVision. And this relates to Doctor Strange in this way. So SFX Magazine was having a conversation with Mohamed Diab, who is the director of um, the forthcoming Moon Knight. And one of the things he told them was, it's like a crazy world. Even with a successful show like WandaVision, they're not doing season two. She jumped into a film. Maybe she's going to come back or not. I don't know. And that's exciting. So we've got confirmation from the director that, that that's kind of the route that they're going to take. And I think we kind of assume that based on mm-hmm. what we've been seeing in the past. So like one of the earliest examples uh, where we had confirmation, not necessarily that there wasn't going to be a season two, but certainly that they were going to continue the story in um, film was Captain America, right? So with Captain America and the Winter Soldier, we saw at the very end of that show that Captain America would return in Captain America 4, and we got confirmation shortly thereafter. So I don't think there was a lot of expectation that there was going to be a season two of that. Um, and so here we have with WandaVision, very similar, like, hey, she's jumping into this. And I have heard rumors that sh- they're talking about giving her her own film, mm-hmm. uh, Elizabeth Olsen. So Nick Dahl, any of that to weigh in on? Are you shocked? Are you surprised? What do you think? What are your no, thoughts? No, uh, just the way that's set up, um, it felt like a limited series versus like, honestly, I could have pictured until the last scene, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier season two. Even if it was Captain America and the Winter Soldier, though, of course, you want to put Cap in a movie, not a TV show. Um, But it just felt like it was one story. If there was going to be future Wanda and Vision action, it would be a completely different series. Like, I think it's a rumor that she's going to be an Agatha Harkness or Agatha Heart of whatever the show is called. Um, It'll probably just be called Agatha. Well, they already have a... (laughs) yeah we we were yeah we were having a weird naming convention by the way i thought of something since then secret invasion is not named after a a character armor wars isn't named after a character jammer if you're listening but um yeah it makes more it makes more sense to do that and uh yeah i I didn't hear the rumor about her getting a movie but people online have been like give me a wanda trilogy like i have all the wanda stands are all over my twitter which is fine they're like give us a wand of movie trilogy and stuff and it even if she gets another series it would never be wandavision again because that title even makes it sound like it's you know a tv like wandavision it's like a tv theme to it and it's not like you can really do the same story where she traps a town and they're in a tv series yeah yada yada we'll yada see, we'll see what happens i imagine that we'll probably get more solid information on that after we see what happens to her in dr strange 2 which we have a little bit of news on as well so nice we were having conversations what a couple of weeks ago about the length of dr strange and <laughs> what we you're right you're right over there yeah. <laughs> try and drink my we coke were, you're trying to figure out uh, how long it was going to be and whether or not there were going to be uh, some disappointed folks. And I think at the time, what we thought it was just going to be two hours or just over two hours. Um, so we have another rumor out there. And this is from the Brazilian ticketing website, Ingresso. So you see how, how deep into the rabbit hole we're trying to figure out how long this movie is. <laughs> They're clocking it at 148 minutes, which translates to two hours and 28 minutes. And so that's going to make it the second longest runtime of all the phase four films. Mm. Um, And then it's going to put it behind uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm runtimes. I'm kind of indifferent about. I, I do think that they have a lot that it looks like based on the trailer, they're trying to churn through. So I, I kind of I trust Sam Raimi to, to know what he's going to do with his runtime. I've never watched one of his movies except for Spider-Man 3 and be like, oh my God, this dress just dragging. So um, Nick, how do you feel about this competing runtime, which is almost a half hour longer than what we initially thought? Well, Jammer asked me on Slack if I thought it was real or not based on how many movie theaters get their uh, actual runtimes because we usually get them around the time that... Um, like a week before, like the day you put up pre-sales or the week before you put up pre-sales, you can like schedule it out. Cause you know, if like you're getting a four hour Zack Snyder movie, you have to like know when to put the tickets up. But usually these sites are pretty accurate. Usually when we get rumors like this, this close, they're accurate. And 
my only fear with long run times is bathroom. What's trips. your fear? <laughs> Speaking of Batman, is bathroom trips. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll watch a long ass movie if it's good. And it almost seems too short for how much is going on. I don't know. I, I'm afraid. Rainy two and a half can't... or two hours? Two and a half. Because really? there's okay. so much going on. And that's my main fear. My main fear about No Way Home is the same as this, where it's like, can they pull off the balance? Like, regardless of the runtime of all they're trying to do. And that's what bothers me is that I think that was Spider-Man 3's biggest weakness was not that it dragged. It's that Raimi wasn't able to balance the characters in a way that was good Mm. versus like the Batman gives you four villains almost. And, you know, there John Watts and the writers were able to make multiple Spider-Man villains work, even in Homecoming, where Vulture is your focus, but you still get some Scorpion and some shocker shocker i'm the shocker and like tinker and stuff whereas like when sam raimi tried to balance three it just blew up in his face okay but yeah i'm down with long movies (laughs) yeah so since you brought up the batman let's jump into some dc news we've got two batman stories this week um one of those related to paul dano's riddler so it's the shorter of the two probably so let's jump into that apparently there is a new riddler comic book coming out it's going to hit store shelves in october and it's going to be called riddler year one the interesting thing about this story is that it's actually going to be written by paul dano and i think that's probably the the most interesting thing about this and one of the things i don't think we talked about as it relates to this movie like there was one of the scenes that he wanted to have 200 takes of just to make sure that he got it right. And I think it might've been the cell phone scene where he was addressing his folks. I'm just talking out of my ass right now. I think that's the scene. (laughs) That's a great Uh, scene. While you react, I'm going to double check that. But what do you think about that? Are you you excited? Are you going to read this comic book? Uh, Are you interested in seeing what's happening with a Riddler year one? I will get my hands on at least a digital copy when it comes out because I'm interested. Um, I'm a... I'm assuming it's canon if they're letting it happen. And that's actually doesn't bother me. That's being written by the actor. Cause obviously the actor, especially one like Paul Dano tries to get into the character's head. So it's almost like he knows just as much as about the Riddler as the writers and the director do. Uh-huh. In fact, uh, Danny DeVito recently wrote a penguin comic. I think as recently as this year, maybe, maybe the end nice. of last year, but I don't know how much story is there. Like someone joked, what is it? Is it going to be about him getting 500 followers? Because it's like, we know is like where he came from. So like how, it's not like he did anything noticeable by the Batman until the movie. It's going to be about the job that he did when he was what, a cryptographer? Not a cryptographer. What was the job that they said he did? Do you remember? Isn't he just like yeah. an accountant or something stupid when they finally right. figure forensic out forensic accountant? We'll go with that. He was a forensic accountant. And you know what? He just snapped one day. That's what happened. That's what we're going to see. So it'll be a bunch of boring working at his job, and then he snaps. That's right. It's like to be That's continued right. in the Batman. In the Batman. <laughs> it's going to be falling down, like set in Gotham. And if you remember that movie from the 90s, I haven't. you haven't I seen haven't Falling seen Down? It. Oh, man. No, crazy. it sounds great if you're comparing it to what I just described. It, it is basically that. So it has uh, Robert Duvall and uh, oh, oh God, who's its star? Uh, crap. I can't think of the person's name. I can see his face. Who plays older? Um, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Mm. Robert Duvall. And it's directed by... Oh, uh, I have heard of this movie. Yeah. And it's directed by Joel Schumacher, oddly enough. So bringing it all back to Batman. Yeah, that's so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and the what scene were you looking up, okay. I was looking up the scene that he talked about where he did the 200, he wanted to do 200 takes, and it was the scene where he's talking to the Batman through the phone. So I assume that that is the uh, the church scene, yeah, because it doesn't say, I don't think it he doesn't talks say to Batman through a phone in any other. I, I would have figured it was the uh the being in a cell scene yeah seems like his most important scene in the movie but maybe brought repentance and was like fuck that i'm not doing 200 days the suit is hot <laughs> yeah i gotta go to the bathroom i mean <laughs> he probably does a uh an iron man too like 
people keep asking me how to go to the bathroom this thing <laughs> there you go i do remember like i think it was ben affleck who we got advice from christian bale he's like what's the hardest part he's like make sure they build in a way you can pee in your suit yeah or pee through the suit or something just a catheter we can do it in spacesuits. I'm sure they, they figured out a way. They Ugh. figured out a way. Um, Such a terrible image. But speaking of, you know, a bunch of takes, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago about multiple scenes with the Joker getting cut out of this film. And we just actually got to see them, which I'm kind of surprised, right? Normally, a lot of these scenes are reserved for the DVD or something like that or released around the time that the film goes to streaming certainly after a bunch of people have seen it um but it seems like warner brothers is interested in keeping the hype machine going as it relates to the batman and they released uh the joker scene with uh barry kogan and so this is a, a very silence of the lambsy scene where we get to see him in full full makeup sort of through a very um there's lots of blur, like camera blur. So it's hard to see him. But what you can see is very um, sickly looking skin. And so we had a conversation about that. Nick, you, you posted the quote, and this is a quote from IGN where Matt Reeves said, he's got a congenital skin disease. He can never stop smiling. And it made Mike and I think about I was talking about the elephant man because I love David Lynch. And I was like, well, maybe there's something here where it's not something where he fell into a vat of chemicals or it's not the Nolan thing where he has those scars and we don't know where they came from. There's a little bit more to the quote, but it's just the idea of like, what would this do to a person? Um, so Nick, what do you think of either the scene or uh, what they have described, how they were going to portray the Joker. You said we didn't get to see it in the actual film. Um, the scene was absolutely amazing. I even missed the best line the first time I watched it, where he's like, where he gives him the paper. He's like, ah, oh, first anniversary paper. Yeah, I, I missed about that you. line the first time. Yeah, I, thought I thought about you. you. <laughs> but um, that's a great scene. And Drew, Drug whatever his character's name is. And uh, I don't know the actor's name. You just said it, but I could never pronounce that uh, from uh, Eternals is so good as the Joker. But at the same time, I'm glad they cut it because it kind of gives away some stuff earlier than you figure it out in the movie. Yeah. I'm um, like his obsession with Batman. And even the fact that he's been probably his entire life. Didn't he have some line about people like stealing his lunch money or something? Like referencing his entire life. Yeah. Like this is all personal. Um, yes. So he just talks about the fact that this is something that's been going on his whole life. And he feels very personally collected, connected to these murders. But I mean, so I'm glad I was cut for those reasons. And I still don't want to show see him show up until a main villain until maybe you do like one with a bunch of villains escaping in the third one. But um. I love the scene. I like that I even had the music and everything, which means it was cut like the very last minute because it's right. also cut really well. And it beautifully shot. You don't actually see his whole face in one shot. Someone stitched together shots to give his whole face at once because there's always something in the way of his lower upper face. And I love the design. I honestly, before I read the skin thing, I just thought since Batman's been vengeance his first two years, that that was Batman did that damage to him before throwing him away in Arkham. Oh, be careful. You're getting very close to uh, Jared Leto Joker damaged. Yeah, but I mean, but different because Jared Leto Joker looks fine, except for the tattoos. And except people are teeth. saying he's, yeah, people are saying he looks too much like, I mean, he sounds too much like Heath Ledger's Joker. After watching it multiple times, I completely disagree. Like, I mean, there's some similarities I, there, but I don't think he's he's just kind of doing an amount. I don't know. He's not. He's honoring it, but he's not like copying it, I would say. I yeah. think there's just as much Leto in there or Leto is even closer to uh, Heath Ledger's voice than this guy is. I don't know. So. I don't know. Um, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I thought that it was well done. I don't think it adds anything to the story. And no, I'm, 
I had this conversation with a friend yesterday where we were just trying to figure out what, who wanted this in the film. And I hope that it was Reeves who developed this story and was like, this also doesn't work. And I would like that if the studio just had nothing to do with either putting him in or taking that out. So, um, but, but other than that, I don't, the other thing is, I don't know that I was enthralled with this particular version of the Joker. And I know it's a relatively short scene, mm-hmm. um, but the voice didn't do much for me. And I'm, I don't know that I, I'm feeling the, the basically leper angle, but we'll see, right? Like, I don't know what it is until I get an entire movie and I'm willing to allow a visionary uh, director or whoever writer to do their thing and then judge based on that, which we'll, we'll get more into that when we talk about Halo. Oh God. (laughs) Well, so I'm going to, I'm going to bring in the gamer perspective. Okay, good. We'll see. Um, Actually let's talk about it now. Let's talk about we it. Come so we come from two different perspectives. I have never, yeah. I, I didn't even, when I was commenting on it on Slack, I didn't even know the name of the covenant yet. Cause I haven't gotten to the scene where they were named. That's how little I know about Halo. Like I remembered, I'm like, Oh yeah, I knew that name, but yeah, I was like the aliens. Well, and so it's kind of funny right now. So you, as someone who didn't play any of the Halo games, it seems like there are a lot of people that wanted this to be, a cookie cutter from game mm-hmm. to screen adaptation. Right now, we've got a split on Rotten Tomatoes. It is 67% from the users and 58% Oof. from the critics. So they weren't I'm feeling it. The critics. <laughs> you said you agree with the critics? I almost agree with the critics more. Yeah. Just based I, on the quality of it, not, I still enjoyed it, but it definitely strikes me as something like hey you gave a fan film a couple hundred extra thousand dollars that's the vibe that i got from this um and before we get too much into actually reviewing or doing impressions of the episode one of the things that kind of strikes me as insane about this is microsoft is a multi-billion dollar corporate empire this is arguably their biggest franchise. And I find it fascinating that there is no synergy, no effort to make any kind of (laughs) transmedia strategy for this game. You just launched Halo Infinite last fall. Wasn't that long ago. And now you have a property that has taken you 17 years to bring to the screen. And you've done nothing to tie those things together to get either fan base um, excited about it. There should be some in-game tie-in. There should be something that like Fortnite should not be the, the model for this, but every time there's a movie or something like that, we've been getting pelted with um, Dr. Strange trailers for a little while now. Dr. Strange is in Fortnite, right? There's, there's some connective tissue between folks who are going to be into this that are going to want to watch that. And so I, I appreciate that speech is in Fortnite, not the movie like the dead speaks remember yeah. it's like the first line like that is in that you got to experience that in Fortnite. i read what right. it actually says <laughs> it's like whoa yeah, and you've got those characters from star wars in there I, I just think it is it is interesting i think it's a miss by microsoft and maybe as danny has said on slack that is a vote of no confidence in this show but microsoft's name is all over us like it says produced by microsoft so we'll see um what did you think about it overall? Being not familiar with any of it at all. Well, first I'll say it was a shock to go from uh, a well, well, super good special effects show like Picard and immediately jump into Halo, <laughs> where a lot of the CGI looked unfinished. Like whenever you see the Covenant, they're wearing like armor, but it's not reflecting anything. It's not lit the same way as everyone else is lit. It looks like they're just plopped into the scene without even the most basic special effects they can show you on quarter crew. Um, and someone, I didn't even notice this. Someone shared a clip of the gun just being kicked through the sand mm-hmm. and like the sand isn't moving and the gun has no reflection. They're like, how nice. It was so nice from let George Lucas work on the VFX in wow. the show. <laughs> Cause wow. that's actually watching it. I was like, this reminds me of episode one special effects. Okay. I thought that while watching, um, as far as the story, I like it. 
I like the end for not doing I won't say any spoilers. I like where it's headed. Um, it actually reminds me of the Mandalorian. Yeah. In more way than one. Um, it is weird that he takes off his helmet. This isn't a spoiler. Everyone knows that, but it's kind of a welcome thing. Like, cause I don't need to watch the Mandalorian again. Um, but even like the fight scene, which it opens with, I'm like, this is too long. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm losing interest in the fight scene. And I think the plot stuff was more interesting, but I don't, I don't even know if it's from the games or not. I didn't understand the politics of the world right. at all. Like the propaganda against who and who's controlling what. And there's right. a woman in charge of the covenant, a human in charge of the covenant. And like, what, what the fuck's going on? But hopefully I'll get more of the world. And I like the direction it's heading, which is kind of a Mandalorian mission impossible direction where it's like, I'm on my own. <laughs> yeah. I find that of the things that they did, I hate the fact that there is a human in the covenant the most, like actually hate. I find like, there's just no reason for it. Um, the rest of it, like I said before, I'm really willing to let them move away from the source material because. You don't want a cookie it, cutter. I don't want it to be cookie cutter it would be nice to be surprised by some stuff. Um, but fundamentally it doesn't make sense to me to have a human in charge of the covenant or even part of the covenant. Cause it gives me very Battlestar Galactica vibes. And I'm talking like 1980s slash seventies Battlestar Galactica. So not in a good way. Like, why are you even here? Um, She's not entirely human though. Is she? Haven't we seen trailers where she has tentacles and stuff? I have not. I have watched very oh, little okay. about this. I don't this. even know if it's that character. She um, almost didn't seem like the leader either, but she seemed like maybe someone who can read, I don't know, tell the Doesn't need to know. be there. Doesn't, yeah. it's fucking doesn't weird. need to be there. Continue your um, thought. <laughs> I agree with you in terms of how it, it seems very similar to The Mandalorian, but it's, it is interesting that we have gotten very similar stories where they, they seem like Judge Dredd almost offshoots where you have this stoic mm -hmm. character that doesn't take off their helmet um, until they do, right? So we've seen that in The Mandalorian. We've seen it in this. I think it's hard to tell those kinds of stories without getting some sort of emote because in Halo, you're supposed to be John 117. Yeah. And it is a little different when you're trying to tell that story. So it makes more sense that he would take the helmet off. Um, I also like that they are getting into the rationale for why the Spartans were created. So if you've read the books at all, you kind of know some of this, but they didn't really delve a lot into it from the stuff that I remember reading. Um, so getting to see this conflict between uh, the UNSC and these rebels, I like. I like that they're not jumping straight into the Covenant War, but it does feel cheap. And I don't know that I thought that the fight scene went too long. I think it's because I understood what they were trying to do, which is they've built up these uh, Spartans to be superhuman and can't be it, killed. Right. There's this conversation that they're talking about and they're just like amazing. It can't be killed. And so you need to see that. And I think there are better ways to do it than what they did. Um, but like I said, we'll see what happens. Um, they, they did a very Mission Impossible type thing, right? Where you've got this character that's like down for the cause. And then just on a lark, the organization is like, you know what? We John can't Lark's. trust this individual. Yeah, we got we to gotta eliminate him. So that's, that's why where I we reference are Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what happens. I'm willing to watch it and see, see how it goes. It's not, I don't think it's bad. I don't know that I think that it is... A 50 what was it 59 percent but uh or 58 percent. i guess rather than saying that would be my review i can see why it got that yeah yeah i i agree i could see why there are a lot of people that didn't like it. and i'm curious how many of those people actually played the games um because i consider myself to be probably a diehard halo fan i've played all of them except for the fifth one i skipped that one i don't think i had a xbox at the time I might've just been so pissed off at the master chief collection. I don't recall. There was, a reason. <laughs> there was a reason I skipped it, but we'll see. We'll see what happens going forward. Hopefully they, it, it gets better. Uh, they've introduced a lot of characters that did not exist in the lore. And 
I'm really interested to see where it goes because at this point, it it barely resembles the game. That's the complaint I've heard a lot. Like even if you're going to do your new original plot, it should be like he, like you said. I don't like cookie cutter either. Like I haven't read the boys comic intentionally, but I know the boys has differed so much from the comic already that yeah. it's like, oh, this is like you know, like if you're if you want the same plot, play the video game again. Don't right. watch a movie or a TV show. And so I'm going to have a conversation with Pistol Pete about this on his podcast, Nerds Adulting, because both he, myself, and another guy, uh, Josh Wick, are really big fans of this series. And so the the two things that I've said, um, I think a lot of us have lived through enough reboots to know that the source material is always going to be there. Uh, If that's what Mm -hmm. you enjoy this doesn't take anything away from it. Star Trek and Star Wars are a little different because those are continuing stories. And so I, I don't, I would not get upset about this series. At least I wouldn't. Um, and then the other thing is I, I kind of developed this rule where, um, like I said, at the beginning of this conversation, writers need the ability to develop their own vision for what this is going to be, how it's going to work as a show from multiple seasons or whatever. And I'm going to let you have that leeway. And I'm not going to beat you over the head with the source material until I've decided I hate what your vision is. Mm. Because it's like you, you had something that got me to sit down in front of the TV to begin with, which was the source material. And what you've conjured up is worse than that. So now I'm going to beat you over the head with it. You should have just done something more akin to that. But that's i think i do like that um i almost feel like other streaming services are going to start to do this when you boot up paramount plus the logo is master chief driving around the logo like the paramount I plus see logo. That. it's every time i turn it on for star trek i'm like oh wow like it was disney gotta do that eventually with the disney click like suddenly wanda will show up and like blast it or something it's a good idea. It is at least an attempt zoom, zoom. to get people excited about the thing. Like I said, there was there was a huge transmedia miss yeah. for Microsoft and Halo here, and it's like I don't I don't understand how you have how you drop the ball on that. I've criticized Star Trek for doing the same thing. Like I think it was in two thousand and nine. It was either when the two thousand nine Trek dropped or when Beyond dropped. It was a significant anniversary for the series. And it's like, mm-hmm. here is your opportunity to tie these things together. And you've just not even made an attempt. But It would have been um, the first one that came out in like 2009. And yeah. the original started in 69. Okay. See? So. Yeah. So whatever. I did put whatever. Spock in it. <laughs> I guess. I Both guess. Fox. The first Anything the else second. to say? Now we have the third. <laughs> No, that's yeah, a lot, lot of Spocks, a lot of Kirks. Give me a goddamn Cisco. Bring me Cisco back. We just said that the other day. Like I'm going to keep saying it until someone does it. So many people on Twitter are saying the same thing as you. I don't know who Cisco it. is yet. Listen, we've got multiple Kirks, multiple Spocks. Janeway is us. back. Picard is back. Where's Cisco? Three Uhuras. <laughs> Three Uhuras. And I'm, all, I'm only talking about it from the perspective of like, okay, so I shouldn't have said Spock. But we've got multiple captains, right? Multiple Pikes, multiple Kirks. Jane weighs back. Picard is back. Give me Cisco. Who is Cisco, by the way? Is he a captain? Yeah. Well, he started out as uh, commander, but Avery Brooks. He is the guy who is in charge of Deep Space Nine. Okay, that's why I thought I was going to say. Is it Deep Space Nine? Deep Space Nine. DS Nine. But yeah. That's actually the top of my list for the Star Trek shows to watch. People tell me that's one of the best. I love it. I'm curious what you'll think of it um, coming to it new, but it's, it is my favorite. I think Danny said that it was his favorite as well. Yeah. A lot of people online are like, Deep Space Nine. that's right. That's right. You ready to move on from halo. So we're going to yeah. leave, we're going to leave space to go talk about some other stuff. I, I don't have a lot of other news. There was a couple of other things that happened. Um, there was the fact that Christopher Lloyd has been cast in Mandalorian season three. So we're, we're going to move on from halo to, to bring up the Mandalorian, which is very similar, but there wasn't a lot of news. Yeah. But we don't know anything about that role. Right. So they're keeping the details uh, of that under wraps and we don't even have a date for the next season of the Mandalorian. So 
it's it's kind of like this thing happened. Hopefully he lives long enough to shoot it because he looks super old. God damn, aren't you grim? <laughs> I we lost William Hurt, who wasn't that old. It's just I me mean, was 71. 71 is listen. Christopher Lloyd looks far older than that. John Williams even recorded the Indiana Jones music before they started shooting because they were afraid he would die. Jesus. <sighs> All right, listen here, Grim Reaper. But, Are you uh, excited that Christopher Lloyd is going to be cast in the Mandalorian season three? Hell yeah. I almost imagine him being like a Nick Nolte type role where it's yeah. just his voice on like an alien that looks like him or something. Okay. And I, I don't know. They've done really good. I know he's not technically a comedian, but a lot of his, you know, he's known for Doc Brown and like Who Framed Roger Rabbit and <laughs> Star Trek. But uh, And Fester, Uncle Fester. Like, I think that he. Oh, yeah, he lo- was Uncle Fester. Yeah, I think his roles are largely comedic, especially if you look at like Taxi. Yeah, I think they've done a great job of uh, hiring comedians in interesting roles. Like, is it Amy Sedaris? I think so he's a comedian is. now? Are you sure he's a comedian now? No, I'm just saying, like, they hire interesting <laughs> actors and, like, you know, like, like even like the very first episode, Horatio Sand is the, yeah. the first bounty. So I think they've been doing really creative casting. Even in, I mean, I'm sure it's the same casting department, even in Book of Boba Fett, Boba yeah. Fett, it's like, oh, cool. Jenny Trejo's here. Awesome. <laughs> I think as a, um, an acting, I think it's fair to call him an acting legend at this point. Yeah. Like just, just the roles and the films that he has been in. And what I also think is interesting is that he is an individual who has also been in Star Trek. So to see that crossover, it would be interesting to see what they end up doing with him in this film. Finally introduce the Klingons in the Star Trek and help you play right. the same character from the search. That would be fun. That would be fun. So, so you're excited. You're excited to see this. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's not much of a news story, but when I read it, I was like, cool. I would be That's happy cool. to see him pop up in anything. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I'm intrigued. Like the I Rick and Morty ad where he plays the live action yeah rick which is obvious because the original show the short for channel one was like doc and marty or something but definite basis in that so so nick doll here's the deal i would like you to tell me about the lost city i didn't get a chance to see it i'm sorry for that (gasps) um but this film it it has a 85 percent audience score and a 75 percent on tomato meter so I would think that it would at least be enjoyable unless I read what Danny said. So Danny, who's not here today, um, he went to see it with an individual and he said that the comment from the person he watched it with was, that was shit. Danny said, and I concurred with him. That, was, that will be my Twitter review for the show tonight. <laughs> Fortunately, he couldn't join us, but he is here in Twitter spirit. Nick Dahl, do you concur or not i do not concur you do not concur okay so you think you're closer to the 75 or do you think you're closer to the 85 85 oh wow i really enjoyed it no it reminds it's been like a trend this year i've seen lots of i've seen lots of movies that aren't great and are pretty stupid but they're enjoyable as hell like i would put this alongside scream and uncharted as far as like these movies aren't some masterpiece or even like great they're just they're entertaining <laughs> like i was thoroughly entertained for the entire runtime um especially with the cast like seeing daniel radcliffe and like a twirling his mustache villain role yeah and brad pitt's stuff is just as good as the trailer promises um the first time he's called on the phone well first of all he's um He's a trainer called named like John Trainer. Like there's mm-hmm. a joke where everyone in Channing Tatum's phone is just like it's what like they do. Yeah, or who they are. And like one of them's like blowjob or something. <laughs> but like he's like wow. Jack Trainer. It it goes pretty far. I, I think it's PG 13, but there are a lot of blowjob's first name. I don't remember. I'm just curious. I'm it's a woman. Curious. It is a woman. I, I, I was but um um Lost my train of thought. Oh, just like his stuff. I'm hilarious. Sorry, to, to distract you with a blowjob. And brutal. <laughs> um, Channing Tatum. I haven't seen him 
it feels like in a while in a great comedic role or really in anything. And he's fantastic. What are you talking about? You didn't see Dog? No, I actually, that's why I know he's in something recently is I walk by the theater <laughs> that's showing Dog to walk into uh, the theater showing Lost City. Um, and, you know, like Sandra Bullock, never been a huge fan. She's hilarious. Um, You've never, know, are you serious? I've never been a huge fan. I like Sandra I Bullock. I know. But it's interesting. I really like Sandra Bullock's movies. I just makes me think of the line from uh, Horrible Bosses where he's like, I fucking love Sandra Bullock. Yeah, she's awesome. But um, it's fun. I've never seen Romancing the Stone, but obviously they put the Alamo Drafthouse put similar stuff before it in the pre-show and they showed the trailer for that and Jewel on the River Nile or something. No, I'm combining names from different movies, but um, Jewel of the Nile. Jewel of the Nile. Um, it's, I don't know. It's it's very much is a romantic comedy where the women in the theater were the, laughing as hard as I were and the guys were kind of silent. <laughs> but it's just funny and it's I don't know I enjoyed the chemistry and like just the you know the plot's ridiculous she's a uh author of romance novels who gets taken kidnapped by um Daniel Radcliffe who's like the son of a wealthy person whose younger brother got the company but sells lots of money and his interest Mm. is to have like rare artifacts and stuff um, he kidnaps her and then because her husband was an archaeologist and she studied that stuff. So he noticed in her book about the same island and town and uh, the lost city of D is the book she wrote. Um, um, and she actually knows how to translate the language on the island, which is why he kidnaps a romance author. And then Channing Tatum, who is just the guy who th- he thinks he's Dash, but he just is the cover model. Right. Um, and there ha- it's, it's got to be an arrest development reference. There's a scene where he's dancing to the final countdown, very much like Job, except for the night, in like a big white puffy shirt. And he's like, I don't know. There's a few direct references to other stuff, including Indiana Jones. But um, okay. he goes to rescue her. And of course, to help him, he calls uh, Jack Trainer, who's like former special ops or something. And on the phone call, when he calls him, I met says earlier, you can hear him eating three different types of food because it's Brad Pitt. He starts just like Fight Club where he's eating chips and then you can like yeah. hear him biting into an apple. And the first time you see him on screen, he's eating something. So it's very self-aware. And a lot of movies compare themselves to Indiana Jones, or at least the critics do. This felt, I mean, Obviously, it's a comedy. This felt more like Indiana Jones than like Uncharted or Tomb Raider or. Uh, Why? Um, I don't know, just kind of the steps they follow. And like, there's not really any booby traps, but like kind of the clues. I mean, most of it, they're lost in the jungle and they're just trying to get home. But at a certain point, she decides, oh, we're so close. We could actually find this artifact. Okay. So and like, you know, like cave splunking and the funniest deaths and just like it's just it's they it's a well-written comedy i think not great but just like uncharted i was entertained i don't see a need for a sequel to this i'd rather watch an uncharted sequel which is going to happen but or scream six which is going to happen (laughs) but yeah i enjoyed it i was not upset obviously i didn't pay for it technically i have the movie pass so i am paying monthly but not for this movie but it wasn't like a Hobbs and Sh- not near a Hobbs and Shaw where I'm like, I want my time back. Also, I was like, OK, I had a good time. I'm going to okay. recommend it to my parents. I'm like when it hits Paramount Plus for free, which is crazy. Paramount's actually doing that. You can already watch Scream 5 and Jackass for free the same day they come out on Blu-ray or digital. But I was like, yeah, check it out when it comes out, parents. <laughs> OK. So what would be your final letter grade on this? B minus because I don't want to be too generous. <laughs> enjoyable but not super well made i mean like obviously it has many faults the it does drag in parts and the plot's a little wonky and the character development happens pretty quick but very just very much a good popcorn movie like just enjoyable like just turn off your brain and be like ah funny joke (laughs) um so is daniel radcliffe is he going to be wolverine I would still like that. You still want this? That. Obviously, is nothing like Wolverine role. He's a comedic crow, also, but I would okay. take Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine. I think he is the build and the acting chops. All right. What do that you think about Daniel fair. Radcliffe as Wolverine? 
I'm indifferent. I just, I, at this point, I just don't care. Right. Cause we've had so many conversations about the X-Men and whether, when are they going to be introduced in the MCU? And I, like, I just don't care anymore. Don't care. I just think, I just think it's interesting with Wolverine because it's such a hard thing to cast, like trying to recast Tony Stark eventually, which will happen. I don't think so. so I don't think it's that hard. Only because he's a legend, not because he was the perfect Wolverine. Sure. Like, but Hugh how Jackman many Marvel casting like, choices have you been like, nah, nah, bro. None. <laughs> That's right. There we go. Andrew Garfield. No, 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 no. You know what I mean when I say Marvel. MCU. Yeah. Don't Never fucking had play a with me. Don't fucking play with me, Nick. You know what I'm talking about. Not Sony. Not Sony. Not Sony. Because it shouldn't have been Tom Hardy. It should have been Michael C. Hall who plays Dexter. It would have been the perfect fit. Eddie Brock. Whatever. That movie still would have been shit. I know. <laughs> anyway. Um, ready to move on? Yeah, I can't believe you didn't see it, bro. It looks like you chose X over. So it's uh, not that I didn't. It's not that I couldn't. I'm sorry. It's not that I didn't. I couldn't. So the way that fair the enough, films, I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> yeah. The way the movies worked out, it sucked. So I had something to do on Thursday night and I could not. There were no showtimes late enough for me to go see The Lost City. Oh. But X, um, the new A24 slasher film that had plenty of showtimes when I was available. Uh, and so there was a day, I think Wednesday, when I could go see it. Mm. And I did. So my, my Twitter review of this film that currently has a 75% from the audience score and a 96 from the Jeez. critics. Wow. Yeah. Must be yeah, a good horror right? movie. The critics love it. Crazy. Um, I think that it is, if you are looking for a, how can I put this? A well done slash like it's it's filmed really well it's directed very well if you're looking for basically like a classy slasher film this is your movie and that is a very strange thing to say because the <laughs> plot revolves around some folks that are from texas and they go down to some some place down in the i think it's in rural texas still and they shoot a porno and so it's very strange to say like, ah, this is a very classy horror film, but they're, they're shooting a porno. It's a lot of fun. The deaths are very gory. They're well-directed. They are surprising. They are, um, they're fun. And the, the themes and that they talk about when it comes to youth and aging and things of that nature are really good. And so it, there, it's different than a scream. It's different than like a Jason or Halloween and it's an A24 movie. So I kept looking for like something, you know, something else don't, right. Just go don't. in there and accept the movie for what it is. I really enjoyed it from that perspective. I think that, um, I think most people would too. Like if you like horror movies, if you like slashers, you'll be into this. So if you accept like those 80s films where it was just like sex and violence with no supernatural elements, if that's kind of your bag, this will be your film. And one of the things I like about it is that it takes place in like the 70s. And so there's not a lot of connectivity or anything of that nature. And so you, you feel as secluded and trapped as the individuals are in this movie. So I enjoyed it. If you have time, go check it out. And yeah, there's doesn't that. I would sound, give it. Hmm. I was going to say, it doesn't sound like it's for me just because it's a slasher. But yeah, I, mean, no. I like Scream, but it's because it's a twist. Yeah. Would you give it though? I'd definitely give this a B plus. Because the trailer um, even, I was like, uh, I like yeah. the filmmaking aspect. I was not into Scream, I think, as much as you were, but I was definitely into this. And so this is definitely like, I mean, this is definitely a B, B plus horror movie, right? It's a B movie. It's exactly what it's supposed to be. So it's a lot of fun. That's it. Yeah. I mean, as far as uh, X, I didn't really even like the trailers, but I mean, because the old woman thing is <laughs> what looked weird to me. I don't know how much that is the actual horror you will hate this movie okay i would hate this movie yeah you would hate this movie 100 you know who else would hate it my friend andrew who 
old people in anything creep him out. <laughs> and that like is he, the crux he's of can't this stand movie. the frighteners because of the old the, the mom of the person who's actually crazy who seems like the villain for a while. Yeah. Anyway. So shut it down. Yeah, shut it down. All right. So Dear listener, if you like what you heard, do all the socials, like, rate, comment, subscribe, share. We would definitely appreciate it. Also, LRM Online has other great material for you where, but of course, on the genreverse as well as LRMOnline.com. Nick Dahl, where can you be found? I'm at Geeky Nick Dahl on Twitter, and I do Marvel Multiverse Mayhem with Kyle. And we're working on a Star Trek podcast, but uh, next Marvel Multiverse Mayhem which will be next week. We get a start a Marvel show again, finally. Moon Knight! Nice. And our last episode, which is coming out soon, we watched Fantastic Four 2005, did a commentary on it, and discovered it was way more fun than uh, X-Men Wolverine Origins. Okay. Um, and I, you can find me contributing to the website as well as on Crazed by Wolves. So that is a podcast that Pistol Pete and I do, and it is solely dedicated to the HBO show Raised by Wolves. It's a lot of fun. They just ended their season. We're going to do one more wrap-up show, but all the episodes are going to be available wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can find me right here on Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast. Folks, as always, thanks for listening, and we will catch you on the next one. Hasta lasagna. Dokenianya. Mission accomplished. (laughs) I was thinking we should let Danny do his own like or like just pick a different Mission Impossible quote to throw in each episode. Should. Red light, green light. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 